Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, It's been a while since I did this. I think I always say that all the time. But seriously though, um, I am so excited to do this episode. If you follow me on any socials, okay, not all socials, probably just my Instagram and for the first time my WhatsApp. I, I actually don't really update my WhatsApp unless it's something that I know will be palatable by everyone in my contact group and by everyone i mean like even relatives you know those old aunts who are soft sort of nosy and they're like oh she updated her status let's see today i figure sometimes they just wait to see whether i'll update someone (laughs) yeah i guess yeah every time i do it i kind of disappoint them but yeah so this week i Okay, this is just the beginning of the week, so I will say, yeah, this week probably. Yesterday, I decided to listen to a conversation between T.D. Jakes and um, Pastor Stephen Furtick. And uh, it was so, like, I listened to it. I started, like, the first few minutes and I was like, what? Like, this is actual gold. Like, really, actual gold from start till the end. And... Listening to T.D. Jakes, you know, if you've grown up in a household, in a Christian household, you've probably had him almost all your life. (laughs) The moment we had um, TBN opening up in Kenya through family media, I was young. I don't even remember how young I was, but I was really young. And I still remember the, the 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 preachers who used to preach because my mother used to play family media and we used to live with a cousin who used to love family media so much. So I do remember the preachers from back then, um, the likes of T.D. Jakes, Bishop uh, McClendon. Uh, I'm pretty sure you remember, you'd probably remember Juanita Bynum and all those. That's the first time I learned how to pronounce the name Juanita. <laughs> Because, you know, you read it and you come from Kenya. I'm sorry, we come from Kenya. We pronounce things differently. And I'm not sorry about that, actually, because we're all different. We come from, we have different pronunciations for different things. So in Kenya, that name would be Juanita. Yeah, it actually would be. <laughs> but yeah, Um. so anyway, I was listening to the conversation and it was based off of his book, his latest book, which is titled don't drop the mic now the thing is the thing that really amazed me about this entire thing is that he did not open that book even once during the entire conversation but the amount of knowledge and wisdom and experience that spewed from the mouth of td jakes was one for the books when somebody said in the gift that this guy is a yeah in the in sorry when somebody said in the comments that this guy is a gift to our generation that person did not lie because he came and he came guns blazing so i know some of you are going to be like uh we don't have like that 1 hour and 45 minutes to listen to that conversation believe me you it's worth it in fact my friend dm'd me and she told me she was in the actual live audience and i was like i am so jealous of you really um but it was just like nuggets of wisdom dropped 
one by one. And so today I'm going to do you a favor. <laughs> um, I'm going to um, read for you or narrate or read. No, I think read is the right word. Um, the pointers that I got from the entire thing. So I watched it on Sunday night. And I kept on saying, this is way past my bedtime. This is way past my bedtime. And I was like, I'm going to regret this in the morning. I'm Like, I'm not a morning person. Like, really, I'm not a morning person. I'm trying to change that mindset, though. I, I, I'm starting to believe it's a mindset. So I'm trying to change that mindset. But as I struggle, I will be honest. I'm not a morning person. So whenever I sleep late, I'm always like, oh, God, I'm going to regret this for sure. And yesterday, I kept on saying to myself, if I regret this, it's going to be worth it. So anyway, I watched it yesterday, but I was so taken back by everything. It was like, wow, 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 from beginning till the end. I actually sounded like an, an ambulance. So I decided to redo it today after work. I sat down and I redid it with a notebook and a pen because I thought that these things cannot just just go like that because sometimes we absorb things or we listen but we don't absorb the things that we've we, we, we listen to in order for us to be able to apply them into our lives. So I'm going to read to you the things that I thought stood out for me throughout the entire um, conversation. Let's go in for it. Okay, so number one. Why be the cheap copy of a great original? I know it sounds cliche, but if you actually think about it, it's actually a, a true statement. It's so hard to be like somebody else, yet we are an original and we are called to be something that is unique. So next time you look at somebody and you're like, wow, must be nice. I want to be like them. Think to yourself, why be the cheap copy of a, a great original? The second one is, um, there's a part where he says that, Samuel, if you're a Christian, you know this story from the Bible, it says that Samuel could hear the voice of God. You know the story where Samuel had the voice of God three times, and the first two times he thought that it was Eli, um, it was Eli who was calling him. But Eli could design the voice of God. He couldn't hear the voice of God, but he could design the voice of God. The thing is, God sounds like your mentor right god sounds like your mentor and this is why it's important to have mentors but not just any mentor mentors who are good but at one point the umbilical cord will be cut and you will have to listen to god for yourself i thought that was powerful the next one is the promise of god is bigger than the reality of the individual and one must grow into that reality. One must grow into greatness. So sometimes we see the, the visions that we have, the dreams that we have, and then we look at our realities and we ask ourselves, oh my goodness, is this, this, does, this just sounds very foolish of me to be able to dream this big, yet my reality cannot speak of the vision I have. And this statement now comes to, be true that the promise of God is bigger than the reality of an individual. So next time you have a big dream and a big vision and you look at your reality and you see that it doesn't match, remember that you must grow into it. You must grow into greatness. The next one, which should be number four, is 
truth needs no crutches. You know, when we were doing philosophical classes when I was doing my undergrad, there's a statement that they used to keep repeating and, and it was that the truth is absolute. Like it has no two parts of it. It is just one part. It's linear. And that's the thing. Tr- truth needs no crutches because it's absolute. And then the next one he gave as an example was um, workout, a workout in the gymnasium of communication. See, that's the break. That's where relationships actually break down because people are great speakers, but they're not great listeners. But now, even in the in in the breakdown of communication, that's where people cannot be able to sustain relationships. That's where people. When there's a breakdown in communication, you say one thing, the other person hears another thing. When you talk with your mouth, but your body and your actions talk differently, then the person is able to discern that you're either lying or you're not being truthful or you're not, you're, you're not, you're not you don't mean what you say. And he spoke especially about intuitive women which is something that I have seen very deep in my life. Um, and there are things that I tell people and I say, there's something about that person that is not right. And of course, you know, <laughs> I don't know, my friend is going to listen to this and obviously he will know that it's him, but he won't know, nobody else will know that it's him, right? <laughs> anyway, so he was dating this girl and uh, one of our friends mentioned that she had there's something about her that was not that we couldn't put our finger on but we could put our finger on and it is just her attitude her there's just something about her attitude that was just i don't know and i remember when my friend asked him like hey, yo her, she's usually like this and he's like, no, she's actually a really nice person. And I was like, yeah, it's because you're in love. Because we can all see it and you can't. Anyway, long story short. um, Yeah, it ended, unfortunately. But yes, there's that intuitive. There's that a lot of, like that intuition that a lot of women have mostly. Um, some don't some do and it really does help (laughs) i would say anyway let's go on um there's a statement that he made that he said that has just like is super powerful and it's about tenacity and he described tenacity as this when you are when you are when you're tenacious you say to yourself that i will override what i feel and do what i was called to do and it sounds very complex, but it's actually very simple. Like, for example, I've started exercising as a way not of losing weight, actually, of keeping healthy because I realized that my body has been complaining. Of late, I've been listening to my body. I've, learned, I've been learning how to listen to my body when it complains about certain things, about my emotions, about my unhealthy habits, you know, all these things. So I started exercising. And so yesterday and Saturday I did not exercise. And you know, that, that feeling has been in my mind. It's like, oh goodness, what are you doing to your body? And so when he said that, I was like, oh God. 
I need to override what I feel, which is the feeling of laziness and do what I was called to do. And that is me choosing to exercise and keeping my body healthy. And I actually did it. I really did it. All right, let's go to the next one. He says that thinking is the is the final frontier of privacy we have left, which is very true. That every single device that we hold in our hands or our laps as our laptops cannot afford us the kind of privacy we want, no matter how hard we want to think that it does. And so you cannot let people uh, mislead you. You cannot let people tell you what to think. When you know you th- you're, when you know that you're thinking the right thing, you need to be able to guard your mind. That is the only frontier of privacy that you have. And then he says something that has that ties to communication, and that, and it is that. <laughs> incubate the words in your womb of in the womb of your mind before you birth them in the canal of your mouth. Yeah. Incubate your words in the womb of your mind before you birth them in the canal of your mouth. Because everything starts as a thought. You become great in your mind way before you become great on a stage. Everything that was created in this world was created as a result of a thought. Whether it was the earth itself or whether it is the shoe that you wear. Everything was as a result of a thought. So if you... If you Think wisely. If you control the thoughts that you have, then you become great in your mind before you become great on a stage. And when it comes to thoughts, if you change the way you talk to yourself, you will change your story. And a lot of people talk to themselves negatively. They don't see themselves as good enough. They don't see themselves as beautiful enough, as as clever enough, as... um capable of being loved enough and so they are constantly attracting the wrong kind of love they're constantly um thinking less of themselves they're constantly trying out extreme measures to lose body weight they are constantly uh having imposter syndrome that makes them not go for whatever they need to go for so they cannot even dream to their to their to their biggest potential because they have already put it in their thoughts and their minds that they cannot be able to reach where they are that they're not capable and they're not they're not good enough but the moment you change how you talk to yourself and i keep telling people about the power of your words you agree when you start to believe in yourself you start to love yourself you start to take care of yourself from a mental point of view, it translates to every single part of your life. That is powerful, right? <laughs> anyway, so we go on. This one is very interesting. When the teacher ceases to be a student, they become they begin to become irrelevant. So no matter how gifted you are, no matter how clever you are, no matter how influential you are, you could have made... Um, a million TED Talks. But the moment you stop learning, you stop becoming relevant. And so when you're in this point of learning and becoming a teacher, you have to look at the voice of dissension in your mind and balance it with the weight of your glory. 
if it, if the voice of dissension that tells you you could have been better here you could have done better you you have potential to do more if it becomes too loud it will cannibalize you you'll criticize yourself too much to death so the key is to balance the key is to be able to float in the glory or in the weight of your glory but to also be able to look at the to hear the voice of dissension that tells you hey you've not reached where you are you have more to learn you have more in terms of your growth and then he said something that is very interesting and i totally agree with we often attack those whom we love and then we are polite with those whom we don't know and that is the truth of the matter we attack the people closest to us whether it's our spouses our closest friends our our siblings our parents we are our children because we know these people are more likely not to leave us but in the process of attacking them we alienate them and then we break down communication and then we become separate from them and so the same grace you're giving people out there by saying i won't i won't come and lay my my i won't vent i won't lay my anger on you because i don't know you that well give the same grace to that person you know that well and you love but also he mentions that do not give somebody the chance to abuse you whether it is your closest spouse or your children or your family or your siblings just because they see you as a soft target because you cannot leave does not mean you give them the power to abuse you that's powerful uh this one is very interesting okay i think i've said that about everything and i think you're going to hear it till the end <laughs> but you need an inner circle of people to reaffirm you you need people around you who have the license to be honest with you and sometimes we don't we don't let people reaffirm us because we are addicted to the pain so somebody tells you oh you're so good at this you're like ah oh, you're just saying that cuz you're my friend oh you're good at this oh you're just saying that cuz you're my mother that's what mother say that's what father say but we need to be able to learn how to also accept reaffirmation and i know culturally even even us as africans we don't do that well somebody says you look good you're like ah this 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 dress is so cheap i even bought it the other day for like 300 bob but where do we put where do we create the space for us to be reaffirmed because you cannot grow in a vacuum you grow in a place where you can thrive flowers thrive where they are watered and when they are not watered they wither and die so look at yourself as a flower and every time somebody reaffirms you accept it Yeah so one of the things is uh one of the other ones is that one of the signs of greatness is to be self-critical. Greatness is in the details and not the platforms. <laughs> and then he gives a, a an example where that is so you know he says that if somebody is not if somebody cannot even keep their closet well they cannot go through their work before turning it in. And those are people who say I don't want to be great. 
because they do not want to pay attention to the details. You're only great if you're able to pay attention to the details. And then, of course, he went into what is so dear to us as black people. And that's the issue of racism. But he summarizes the whole thing, especially the Derek Chauvin case <coughs> that had to do with um, George Floyd. And I know last week we were all holding our breaths. I remember when I was going to sleep, it was 30 minutes to the... Um, the ruling by the jury and I could not stay awake to watch that because I was afraid of being disappointed. And I think that's how black people have lived. Disappointment upon disappointment. But I was like, it's time for justice to happen. And something he said that if we are not getting along, we are not being exposed to the same truth. And this is the context behind this. He said that there were six white uh, members of the jury four black members of the jury and two biracial members of the jury. When these people were exposed to the same truth, the same videos, the same confessions, the same um, testimonies of the cops and the witnesses and the bystanders and the, and the doctors and the people, the pathologists, they all came to the same conclusion that this guy, this police was guilty on all three counts. So what does it say about us getting along? We are not being exposed to the same truth. On one hand, the white people are constantly told, but the black person deserved it, but the black person was probably a drug dealer, he was probably a thief, and all. And so they don't see this person. They've been exposed to the black person as a, a thing. Because I won't say a human being, because a human being is not treated the way black people are treated in black America. They, they have been, white people have been exposed to black people as things, as semi-human beings that don't deserve the full treatment of human beings. And so for them, they, that, that's why they're always trying to justify the whole, whenever a black person is murdered by a police, he must have done something, she must have done something. What did they do? Even as a, at a, at a stoplight, when every when in the full glare of cameras and the person is absolutely innocent, somebody has to pull poke holes into the situation and say, "But there has to be something." But the moment the thing about the cameras is that it's exposing all of us to the same truths. The thing about social media is that it's exposing all of us to the same truths. But now, what needs what people need to be exposed to? Is the same as much as you're being exposed to the same truth, there has to be a shift in the mindset of the people who look of the oppressor who looks at the oppressed and says they're not worthy because they're not as good as I am, they're not as human as I am, they're not as as white as I am. And he says a very good thing. How come all other species have mastered the the the, the issue of of unity aside from us who have the intelligence and the capacity and the will to. We don't get under the sea and you see goldfish separating from the bluefish and the bluefish looking at them like, yeah, you're beneath us. Then why do we do it as humans? And we have the greatest intelligence capacity.
amongst all creation. That was something to understand. That is something to think about. But also something that um, Stephen Fartick says is that silence communicates. So people say, don't speak up about it. You're too loud. But silence communicates that we are complicit with what is happening around the world. And that's the same thing right now. I talk about the vaccines. We have vaccine nationalism. We have vaccine apartheid. We are talking about countries in the global north saying, no, 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 countries in the global south cannot produce vaccines for themselves as if this is a, a luxurious item. Well, it's a matter of life and death. Because that's the thing. Once you do not view people as completely human, you start to take advantage of them. That even when it comes to their lives, they do not matter. And even as the world looks at India going down on its knees, there are still people who do not think that a country such as India, that is a global hub of medicine production, should be able to be given to be given the the patent rights to be able to produce their own vaccines for their people. America has three hundred million people. India has one point three billion people. To be able to sit down and veto and say the rest of you can't do it, you have to rely on us. It is the height of selfishness and wickedness, to be honest. But it is not surprising. So I hope and pray we'll reach a point where we can be able to see each other as human beings. That is the day we'll be able to live in absolute harmony. Anyway, I still <laughs> need to do this. Um, on communication, again, how you word something determines how the other person hears it. So you might say something, but you don't say it with love. The other person feels condemned. And they shut down. Also, this is a very interesting one. Your cultural background controls what you think is good. I think I've talked about this in one of my previous episodes. And um, after traveling around the world and 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 interacting with different cultures, I just realized it's not good, it's not bad, it's just different. Yeah. And so he talks about how he has sat in rooms with the high and mighty in this world. But the thing is, he explains it in such a good way that the broader the growth of your experience, the more diverse that god can use you the world is a university and everyone is a teacher so when you wake up each and every day you're getting into a classroom you learn every single thing that you can from people you learn the good you learn the bad you choose what to take and what to discard so when you get exposed out there if you cannot get exposed out there, learn from people who've been exposed. But even if you learn from people who've been exposed, that will give you a stepping stone when you go out there and get exposed yourself. The language that you use with your boys is not the same language you use in a boardroom. 
So learn how to speak where you can speak and whom to whom you're speaking to. Then he says something that's very interesting. You can only get innovative opportunities when you stop being traditional. And the funniest one of all is that not everyone who's spiritual is intelligent. Yeah. We sometimes confuse spirituality for intelligence. That's not true. And then on doing the things that you're passionate about. When you do that which you are called to do, it will make your heart dance. And that's what I call in my words, purpose. When you do that which you're called to do, it will make your heart dance. And then one of the reasons when I was just, when he's just about to get done, he talks about feeding the house and sleeping hungry. These are the people who tweet everything but do not write notes and, and absorb what they're, they're, they're saying. So you're tweeting and you're feeding the house, but you're not absorbing what you're saying or writing notes, and therefore you're sleeping hungry. And I've been talking about um, the people you let into your lives and what's, what they speak into your lives and how they influence the way you are. And some of the things he said is that you cannot let somebody who has never sat in your seat to talk you out of what God has called you to be. And there are people who are just very good at it, you know. So they are, they are busy looking for who can I discourage from going for their dreams. And unfortunately, a lot of these people are on Twitter. Can you imagine there are people who say, I cannot put my business up there. I cannot put my, I cannot just expose myself on Twitter. And I'm not talking about exposing yourself in a bad way. I'm talking about if you have platforms to elicit change, if you have businesses you want to market. Because there are always people who are there who are going to try to talk you out of it. And not just talk you out of it by saying that don't do it. It's by coming up with reasons why other people should not support you. And that's why people say Twitter can be absolutely toxic. Like I have to limit my Twitter usage. And that's and, and, and when I realized I had to limit my Twitter usage, I had to now overhaul and say, okay, there are people I'm not gonna I'm not gonna follow anymore. Uh, there are people I'm going to mute. There are people I'm going to follow. Because you have to be careful about what you internalize from people. You will constantly find yourself internalizing the wrong things and just making yourself... And, and you start to absorb emotions from social media. And they dictate how you live. Alright. Um... He uses a word that my dad used to like. I don't know why he stopped saying this word. But it's about mediocrity. And he says that sometimes crawling, you have to crawl against adverse winds and the, gra- and the gravitational pull of mediocrity. You have to crawl against adverse winds and the gravitational pull of mediocrity. Because if you let go of that rope that you're holding on to and climbing on, your fate will be sealed. And that's what keeps you climbing. When you look down and you think, my goodness, if I give up at this moment, my fate will be sealed. You're more motivated to keep running, to keep climbing that rope. And so do not let yourself 
be pulled by the gravitational pull of mediocrity. Don't let yourself be pushed around by the adverse winds of, of mediocrity. You know, one time when my friend and I were walking in, <laughs> we were walking on the streets of uh, New York, I remember. I think it was near Columbus University. Columbia, not Columbus, sorry. Columbia University. And oh, this strong wind. I had never felt anything like that before. Literally, these winds were pushing us. Like, and it was some. It was like somebody pushing us, and we had to really, really find our center of gravity. And at that moment, I was like, we used to joke about being carried by the wind when we were kids. I remember that one moment telling my 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 friend. You're lighter than me. You're basically going to go before me. But yeah, just... Uh, I, I think about that. It's just a very random analogy. It's just because I saw the, the word um, adverse winds. But yes. um, Just to finish this up. Is the statement that he finished with. I will not be the person who drops the mic. I will not be part of a generation that drops the mic. I will not be the person that drops the mic. So today, choose to work against all odds. Choose to dream. Choose to go after your vision. Go after your dreams with everything that you have within you. And remember, your reality does not determine where you go. So wake up today and choose, choose the fight, choose, choose to struggle against all odds and choose to win at the end of it all. Refuse to be the person that drops the mic.